0: Okay, hold on. Fuck this up,
1: drama. We know you will. Balcino.
0: (laughs) There's only one place to start this episode. We loaded up the queue. Thank you very much to Jason Terranova, who actually reminded me of that. And at halftime, I came upstairs and thought, I'm going to cut that queue up, and we're going to start the episode with it, because we've mentioned it in the past, and after a performance like we've just dished up today... um, it's all too fitting that we actually acknowledge the sound clip we've been speaking about for weeks. Welcome to the Ian Printercast, a Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA Traffic. My name Hello. is Sean Peterbudget. I'm here to preside over the latest autopsy of 2020. And I'm joined, as always, by one of the best in the business when it comes to looking over a dead carcass of a performance, Dr Tim Davis.
2: Sean, how are you? Um, unfortunately, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all too familiar, isn't it?
0: Feels was a bit familiar. We, we put the picture out uh, a week or two ago. I'm not sure what it was. It was uh, maybe the GWS game. Doc Brown, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Biff Tannen, something very familiar about this. And we sat there and thought, I don't think we could be any flatter, really, as a team, I mean, and then more as a, as a, as a fan base after what we've just served up. And, I mean, second round, uh, second last round of the year, playing a team down the bottom of the ladder, at Metricon Stadium, finals to play for. We've been here fucking before. Yep, we've lived this yep. nightmare. I actually have to look at the went through rifling through a bin for a newspaper. It said two thousand and twelve on it. I went, <laughs> what the shit is this? It was no good, no good. And and look,
2: this this group for a very very long time. For some strange reason, the the things that we've always done is we battle with expectation. Whether it's expectation that we'll we win, we battle with a situation where. Um, we're told you need to win well and build percentage. I mean, that, to me, that's just uh, a recipe for disaster for this group. We we just we just seem to absolutely shit our pants under the pressure of expectation. Um, and the other thing that I've always thought that we've done is either the last week of the season or the last week before a bye, um, when you're so close to getting a break, we just we just capitulate. And for some reason, we're desperate to get on the plane and get on the pina coladas or whatever it is we, we just don't have the ability to be able to fight it out and be a part of what we're supposed to be a part of and today you know it, it was like we were invited to the wedding and there was no bride
0: well timbo that's beautifully summed up i've got some breaking news for us at the moment just looked in the chat window timbo fabian's got off the phone call with terry Degarney <laughs> and he's with us he's finally wrapped up his conversation yes. with terry Baba
3: Ciao ragazzi, it's uh, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a waffle. Um, the waffle king. Well, oh, when you go down down memory lane and you just start talking about good times, it, uh, I didn't realise the you lane just, was so long. Down it was a, a rabbit hole. Of, it was a freeway favourite. It may not be fun for anyone else, but it was fun for me, and Tez enjoyed it. So um, it was good. Really appreciated uh, being on the. Uh, on the Carlton people special on the uh, Blue Abroad Channel. So we, if you we do seen digress. It, check
0: it out. We do digress. It was a fantastic chat. We're just we're taking the piss out of Fab a bit because we we do jokingly refer to Timbo as the Waffle King. But um, your episode Timbo was about thirty four minutes. Fab's I think just tipped at about fifty three. So wow,
3: whoa. <laughs> well, look, look, look. I don't think look, I don't think I've taken the mantle as the Waffle King. Get you know, your hands yeah. up, Fab. You're getting, Timbo, hit. You're getting Timbo knocked around. Who I once spoke to in the car, yeah, pulled, into, pulled into a petrol station, filled up, paid, got back in the car, and Timbo didn't know I was gone at all. So you uh,
0: so thought you were listening patiently. So uh, sometimes yeah. I get like that a bit with you, though. When when we talk, sometimes Fab does go deathly silent, and there is a little bit of a Are you, are you there? Fab, you there? <laughs> and you get a good <laughs> yeah, yeah, feeling yeah, yeah, when I'm working, shot sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, really, really disappointing, Faber I think, um, I don't know if I'm alone in this. It's a little bit of this going around on Twitter in the aftermath. Did it feel a bit like we thought we'd turn up and win?
1: <sighs> a
3: bit of punks Tony Phil about this. Did it, um, did it feel, did it feel <laughs> like
0: that to you, though? Did it feel like it, it looked like we played as it's though we a... expected to get off the bus, roam in, have a win, on we go, next week all to play for. It's, it's one of
3: those, I'm kind of numb now. It's kind of like I'm, I'm over it type of thing. But it's just, as you're seeing it unfold early, you just think,
1: we,
3: we're not turning this. We're not going to turn it. It's just going to be one of those dog afternoons where the minute we have a, a, even a slight bit of expectation on us, we turn the water. And it's um, so disappointing. So, so disappointing.
0: At what stage were you worried? I reckon it was... I think it was their third goal.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Around that. I think the yeah. first
0: two, you're kind of like, oh eh, yeah, look, we got the one out of the middle. Levi should have had a shot. He hasn't. They get the first one. That's not too bad. They get the second why one. Our, yeah.
3: Why would our forward want to put it on his boot when he's not getting tackled or anything? You well, know? no,
0: it's, it's a question worth asking, no doubt. Um, and then once they got the third one, the, the trends were well and truly there. The pattern had been set. We spoke a lot about trends and patterns last week. I'm sure we will again this week. Um... You know, obviously, I'm not sure if we'll have a run-in with the cartel this week, uh, Fabian. But uh, we've put the tweet out. Just ask the question again. Um,
3: as as I've, as I've said many times, we can we can we can pose questions. Questions are there to be hell of a script. To be, um, hell of a script. Um, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> do want it again? Yeah, do it again. Hell of a script. Yeah, no, it's a hell of a script. Hell of a script. Um, <laughs>
0: Like Timbo, laughing it, it, politely.
3: As, as we've always said, Sean, opinions and assholes. It's there. We're there to pose the questions, and not everyone can does has to agree. But asking the questions is pertinent. It's required, and especially after today's performance, hell, how are we not asking questions about? I'm not necessarily saying it's the people, no. but is it is it their approach? Is it their is it certain elements to the their coaching is it? You know the playing group because it's people can't say it's all the players. We can't change no, forty-four of no. them, and you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because Teague's won fifty percent of his games, and you can't say it's the coach. But something isn't working. And this the isn't about. This is are playing for him, obviously, but they're not rising to the occasion when he needs them to. No, now, Sam, he's and, not getting it out of them, or they're not responding. Something is going on. Something's something's gone
0: wrong. And this isn't about scapegoating anyone or anything. And and my fear after a performance like this, and you see it already on Twitter and the like, guys coming for players A, B and C. And you go, this isn't on, or a performance like this isn't on one player. This isn't on one individual. It's not on one coach in isolation. But what we spoke about last week, we spoke, you know, the cartel had issues with trends and patterns that we've identified and spoken about. And we're going to speak about them again. The idea that this isn't, isolated 35 minutes of football last week or a half of football today. This is stuff we've seen all year and when it isn't being addressed seemingly, when it isn't being fixed seemingly, when we keep making the same errors, you have to talk about it. You can't sit there and go, "Well, last week we won, so everything's okay." We turn up today and do the same thing, we didn't get away with it. So, that's what we've got to talk about. We've got to be big enough as a football club to confront the very real reality, Ooh. the very worrying realities that are our performances. Because if we don't, we don't get better. That's right, but I,
3: as I said in my chat, very long chat with Terry, but I think the club hopefully <laughs> you is You just got him on hold. Um, hopefully the club is mature enough that we're having these internal conversations. You know, I, I don't want a club that's just blindly going, how good are we? We appointed the greatest coach in the history of the AFL because that's not the case. It's not always going to be the case. You make appointments and they're not always right. And I'm not saying David Teague is wrong. Let's repeat that out loud clarify. No. I'm not saying that David T shouldn't be the head coach of the Carlton Football Club. What I'm saying is we need to question the coaching mix, the coaching application, how we are getting the message through. Because obviously, from a wins-loss point of view, it's a hell of an upgrade from bloody Brendan Bolton. But today's performance
2: and last week's performance and the last month has shown that we're not we're not there yet. And, but and, and I think what's the most important thing, Fab, and you're right, is we've all sat through a five year rebuild. We've we've moved out of the you know, we've moved the wood. we've brought elite young talent in, um, we've got a we've got a group that we're happy to move forward with now. But we're on the clock. for every season, every season we don't perform is a wasted season. There is an opportunity and a possibility for what we've managed to fashion together right now, that we can move forward and have a very successful period of football. But every time we waste a season and lose an opportunity, we're, we're one year closer to having to blow it up and start all over again. And we, we've we always talked about, you know, when we got our three number one draft picks, and obviously today was a red-letter day where two of them have moved out of football, Um it looks like that's your panacea and that's that's the beginning of the next stage. Well, that stage disappears as quickly as it arrives and if we're not doing absolutely everything we can be doing as a football club to get ultimate success with this core group of footballers at the moment, well, we're wasting our
0: time. Totally. Before we get into the game... Uh, as it's as it stands, I think there's no better time. We don't want to double back around to it later on. We might get on a bit of a roll, but a big shout-out, a big a special Ian Prendergast shout-out um, to both Matty Cruiser and Bryce Gibbs, who uh, obviously called it a day during the week. And, um, look, disappointing in, in a lot of respects, the way their careers end, but uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say absolute favourites of the pod. Um, enjoyed watching them. It was a pleasure to watch them play for us for as many years as they did, um, and we wish them all the very, very best as they ride off into retirement.
2: Here yeah, he I, I I could sit down and watch replays of Matthew Cruiser just grinding away, putting his head over the footy and smashing the ball forward, putting his body on the line, gut running and all that sort of stuff. I, I honestly, it just nothing gave me more joy than seeing the effort and the want and the passion and the desire that he displayed when he played footy. Um, and look, Gibbo, I loved as well. Super talented. Um, really silky, had the capability of doing anything that he wanted to do. Um, You know, I don't want to rain on his parade or anything else like that. I still thought he had more to give, you know, just just with the talent that he was God-given. I thought he could have done more, but it doesn't detract from what he did was really bloody good. So um, two really good footballers that gave us, between them, you know, 25 years of enjoyment. You know, you you got got
0: to love it. Uh, Fabian, one of the points you... um... You uh, did eventually end up making on uh, on your chat with Terry. I thought was really well really well said. You spoke about Murph, and I think that um, Gibbs and Cruz fit into this category as well. It was almost like we we, we bought them home as puppies, and we saw them as kids, and they you know we've seen their entire careers play out in front of us. And it's for a lot of us there is that sense of uh, not so much maybe Timber or even yourself, but for a lot of a uh, big generation of Carlton fans, there the first sort of really excellent players of ours whose careers we've seen in totality.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Um, yeah, so, yeah, look, sad day, um, especially for Matty Cruiser that it's not a, a, a proper, proper send-off. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times this week. To me, he was the best Ruckman and probably still would be the best Ruckman below his knees in the competition at the moment. You know, yeah, from a tap Ruckman point of view, no. But, you know, we had the best tack rubber in the league in Robbie Ward. I couldn't do much else after that. But Matty Cruz, from a package point of view, he was phenomenal. Um, all heart. And Gibbo, Gibbo will go down. He's one of my favourites of, of, of all time. And, shit, if he was playing behind the ball for us today, I think we would have been in a, a lot better position. But, um, but, yeah, sad to see him go. And um, congratulations to the both of them on outstanding careers.
0: Here, 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 hear. Um, I think we'll, we'll obviously touch on now the game itself. We'll go into it. And uh, I think what was really frustrating, we'll, we'll talk about coaching sort of generally speaking. We obviously ran into a bit of trouble last week for daring to ask the question. But um, the Crows the last two or three weeks have sort of blown up what they were trying to do earlier in the year. So we can't be caught on the hop by that. They wanted to play the game in chaos. They wanted to play the game quickly to disrupt structure behind the ball because in Liam Jones and Jacob Weidering, we've got two of the best outlets for that kick down the line in the competition. Um, and what was more disappointing than that, again, was uh, just we were outworked. It was, you know, their, their intensity was so much better than ours. And that's something you know is coming from a team like Adelaide who are Want to piss on our parade? Who want to hit the line? You know, with a bit of gusto, Timbo. I think that was what's so disappointing is we surely knew what was coming from a structure and an intensity point of view from the Adelaide Crows. Yet we just weren't even there to meet it.
2: We, I, I was afraid of it from the beginning. You know, three weeks ago when you were still watching this Adelaide side, they'd um, there was effort. I think they had a game against Collingwood where they put in and they hung in. And you kind of knew, it was like watching us years ago where you're going, they're really, really trying hard and I can tell they're just not going to get it done. Um, And then all of a sudden, today's game was very similar to where we were at against Adelaide last year when we played, um, you know, it was the, the, the pick swap cup. Um, where we knew if we had a win we, we we closed that gap and we had everything to play for and we were shaping the finals and we were going to get genuine benefit out of it we were playing it was the, it was a team play to your skills boys approach have fun enjoy it and all that sort of stuff and uh, and we worried Adelaide out of it and and today it was the absolute opposite you know we we, we wanted an easy win we wanted the victory and we just didn't um But we weren't prepared to put the effort in. We weren't prepared to put our body on the line. We didn't want to hurt for it. We couldn't even fucking get in front in the contests half the time. Um, And as you said, they outworked us, and they deserved their victory because we didn't deserve to even be in the contest. We had had mid-20s disposal efficiency in the first quarter. Mid-20s. Well, it was 49% at quarter time. We had 57 possessions.
3: Take the boys in the backyard, now you're gonna get a higher average than mid twenties disposal
0: efficiency. Their fine yep. motor skills aren't great, just at this point in time. Um, I think that go to Fab with regard to, you know, skills and, and whatnot, but just on intensity, Fab, you know, like, you know at the start of Gladiator, when the Romans go out to meet the, the barbarians? What do you reckon the barbarians are gonna serve up? Do you reckon they're gonna be blood and thunder? Do you reckon Maximus was standing there going, These pussies are gonna lie down? There's no, no these they're, give it they're coming to fucking die. They send someone's head back, Sean. Exactly. So this idea that we weren't prepared is indefensible. It's unacceptable, and I'm just—that's what's probably one of the most disappointing things about it—is to be hopped like we were. You—you you mentioned that skills, Fab, skills and execution early in the game, uh, coupled with forward structure. We're going to touch on forward structure very shortly. But we should be accounting for a team like Adelaide a lot easier. Then we made it look. made it look incredibly difficult, but we should be accounting for them with a fucking like minimum of fuss, with a bit of a cool head, with a nice start. Get yourself in the game. We just didn't even. We didn't even look like it from minute one.
3: But if you get that start, Sean, it starts to. It changes the complexity of everything, yep. and this is the whole thing that you can't just fucking wait three quarters before you wake up because what was super evident in the first quarter is we start to. We start to miss targets. Our, 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 just our effort's not there. And when we we all hate have Fabian, support, we
0: all know what Ray Wayne Gretzky says about missing targets.
3: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it's a quite great Wayne Gretzky. We're yeah. actually not With sure if Wayne, Wayne ever said this, but...
3: But when our disposal efficiency was as bad as it was, what we start to do, and Samo becomes a culprit of it, and many others, Plough becomes a culprit of it, Liam Jones definitely, you start to worry about... Not hitting targets, so you miss intentionally to the safe side, which doesn't fucking help you anyway. How many yeah. times do we have a bloke on the wing free, and we'll kick it safe side, so Adelaide can't get it. But shit, it's going to take us an extra three or four seconds before we recover the ball.
2: Pick it and up, you, and your and opportunity's lost. Ball, yeah.
3: And then behind the ball, they're set up. Yeah. it's just
0: you start our, to uh, you start our, to really our,
3: our application
2: our application is horrific. Well, as we sort of said, it's the kick the ball inside 50 along the ground. At times, if it's getting in there fast, will would be better than what we're dishing up at the moment because at least the opposition can't set up for it. And that was... You know, again, it was another day where that was the case. We'll and, about... and, when, and when you saw the dominance that Mackay had when he when he when when we gave him the opportunity, you thought, this guy could keep eight on his own with the opposition that he's up against if we were prepared to take the game on and give him a chance.
0: We'll get back to Harry shortly. Um, There's a very good point you do make. Uh, we're going to touch on the forward structure, generally speaking. And, and nothing's, I mean, summed it up. You mentioned Samo earlier, uh, Fab. Nothing's summed it up more than how many times I saw Sammo and this isn't even necessarily a knock on him. Skills needed to be tidier and those kicks needed to be tidier, no question. But how many times he would look up and go, there's genuinely nothing, there's nothing down the line. I have to hesitate. Yeah. He wasn't alone, but I have to hesitate because there's nothing there. And Correct. that is a failure of structure. That is a failure to give our forwards the best look possible. A lot of people coming for a Mitch McGovern, a lot of people coming for an Eddie Betts. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how good you are, playing in our forward 50 at the moment is a thankless task. And we need to be mindful of that when coming and gunning for guys, playing in that structure. It is disgusting. It is absolutely not AFL standard. And it bears really, really thorough interrogation. Um, to be honest, I don't even know if I can be bothered talking about it. It was so bad. We will. But slow movement. We just wait for everyone to get back. We bomb it to the same spot. There's slow
3: movement, Sean. But then there's also when we do eventually gain possession in time and space, we understand what what the game plan is, right? We want to move the ball quickly, overlap, run. That's what everyone's trying to do in the AFL. But there's times where, like we were today, it ain't working. If you do arrest possession, sometimes you need someone, and I fairly and squarely am looking at Sam Doherty here, and I know he went off injured, but I'm talking about early on. Someone like Sam has to be the one, hold it up, Shift the play, left to right. We don't have to score 18 goals a quarter. We can hardly score one. So how about we gain possession, move the ball safely, Mitch McGovern start moving up, taking marks up on center wing. He's moving out. His defenders are moving out. Everyone's starting to move around. When we're static and allow defenses to sit back, we are useless. And we end up getting to that position where we have a forward line that is stagnant. He's and then they're on top like four of heads. forwards, and I'm not going to crucify him, but people like Eddie, I think Eddie's just... I think it's just a bit of a, a long season for him. How many times do we want to sneak a goal at the back? Who the fuck is front and centre for anything? Yeah. For anything. It's ridiculous. And I, just, I think there's... Our forward structure is more to it than just how the six set up inside 50. I think it's the way we move the ball. And sometimes it's not always about getting, running, overlap, moving it quick. Sometimes we've got to think our way through it. Sometimes it's about it's sacrificing the run the ball for that. doing that. It's
0: about sacrificing Adult. the run out. You mentioned it earlier. Someone runs out to create the leading lane behind hmm. or to just drag a body out. We don't do any of that. We just bomb it like we're kids in the schoolyard to a spot and hope that someone takes mark of the week. On the flip side, Timbo, we don't ever seem to want to at least even attempt create a quick transition. We, like every team in the competition, when we're running towards goal and can move the ball quickly and more direct, that's when we look dangerous. Moreover, if we get the opportunity, I reckon probably at the start of the second quarter, what I would have loved to have seen from our coaching group is clear everything out. Fab sent us the text on the, on the on our group chat. I would have loved for us to go, Harry and Eddie, deep inside 50, What's happening, Faber Ganoush. There's a lot of feedback coming from your.
2: Uh... He's probably checking stats or something like that to make a point.
0: Um, but I would have basically said we're going to clear out the Ford Fifty. We're going to give Harry some space. He was on the young Adelaide Crows guy whose name escapes me. Um, but Jordan Butts. Never heard of him. I feel like I've old. Um, but
2: evidently his dad played for Carlton. He once said a that, time. and I
0: went, i would never heard of this man." I'd
2: but, heard of him, but I don't know if he played senior footy or not. But, but he was but certainly on the lead.
0: But Timbo, Harry showed. I'll give you an example, actually. Sorry to uh, get sidetracked in my own thought. If we were playing... I'm not for a second saying that Harry Mackay is Lance Franklin. If we were playing the Swans, if the shoes were on the other foot, we were playing the Swans or the Hawks, Lance Franklin at his best, they would clear the 50 out and say, one-on-one with Buddy, good luck. Totally.
2: Absolutely. And, And, I mean, look... He, he led that kid of Merry Dance a couple of times when it was one on one, and you thought, why Why, why have on we earth? waited three quarters for this? Well, I know. We were, by the time we did it, they'd, they'd kicked eight goals, and for a side that averages 48 points a game, you know, to be eight goals at half time, we've we just failed dismally, both in for, forward and in attack. It's,
0: it's horrendous. And more to the point, Tim, I want to get your thoughts on this. When we do move the ball slow, when we do crab. You know, we, we tend to always go, you know, list left or right coming out of the midfield. Um, we get ourselves in a position where we just create awful looks at goal.
2: Yeah, we do. I, uh, the time spent near the boundary line, you sit there and you're going, okay, I, I get that you're trying to avoid banging it straight up the line. But same thing with kick-ins. You sit there and you're going, okay, there's, a pl- a, there's a position in the ground that you want to be in. And, and I get at times you're going to say, the dangerous place is the corridor when the kick to there is on go there but obviously let's avoid it say 85% of the time because we're not in a position to risk another goal but when you do go and do your C shape wide or you do your kick ins don't hug the white paint give yourself a little bit of a chance to be able to try and go the quickest way home and uh, and we seem almost like, it's almost like saying we've got a, a ring within the field and we're going to carry the ball within a five-metre radius of the boundary line at all, at all opportunities. That, that just seems to be our MO when you're going, and how is that helping us?
0: You've also got to maintain a plausible threat, even if you are going to hug the boundary and go, Why? you have to maintain a plausible threat in the middle of the ground.
2: Yes. To be able to spread the opposition and create the space that you can pick them off, you've got to make them think that every option is on the table and, and, and at the moment, we're not doing it enough. And the shame is, whenever we do go corridor, whether it be by kick or by run and overlap handball, we look fantastic. All season, we've looked fantastic when we've done that. You now, when it gets in there fast, we are as, a, as dangerous a team going around and any side that doesn't like Carlton that wants to be able to criticise us, the one thing that they won't say is that we actually have the ability to be able to score and score fast. And that has to be an absolute tenet and principle for the way that we're going to uh, continue playing our football moving forward. It, it can't be our only game style because Matthew Knight's proved that you've got to be able to defend as much as uh, trying to attack at the same time. But then like Brendan Bolton, you can't only defend because at the end of the day, you won't put a score on the ball.
0: And that's where the frustration comes because going back the other way, teams just get on top of us playing the same way playing the open yeah. paddock, making us defend you know, 65 70% of the field, a counterattack into space, try to create one-on-ones. Everyone wants to do that. Teams be seem to be able to do that against us better and more regularly than they do against anyone else, and that leaves us vulnerable. Um, I just want to touch on, uh, we mentioned Eddie and McGovern just before, like the shame for them is they're not just vying for spots in our 22, they're vying for contracts next year. And you sit there and you go, how much of their failings are down to the way we're moving the ball, the way we're structuring up inside 50 and the opportunities that that gives them to actually have an impact. It's just not good enough. And particularly when, you know, you've got guys that are going to be of value to us being forced out because of the way we're moving the ball.
2: Is, is McGovern in contract or is he out of contract at the end of this year?
0: Well, they said he's out of contract. I thought he'd signed a three year deal, but he's apparently signed a two year deal. So he's out of contract, which puts him in a very awkward position. Um, we, look, we sent a tweet out about this. I'm, I'm really comfortable where we sit with Mitch McGovern. Uh, Me too. F- uh, fab. We will, if we re-sign him, and I certainly hope we do because he has plenty to offer a team that is playing better than we are and in better form than we are. Um, he, he's a guy that could bob up and kick a couple goals a week, be a dangerous third option, stretch a defence to become a second option, to give Charlie or Harry a chop out. They get off the leash that way. And Fab will be paying him less than we have been.
3: Absolutely. Um, I still think that the three-headed monster is our way forward. I don't see Charlie ever being the bloke that you isolate inside forward 50. I just think he's too versatile for that. He's too just, athletic. Yeah, I'm, worried
0: you, put, I'm worried about his knee. I'm worried about his knee. I just don't reckon initially he has to... I think initially he has to be the guy closer to goal.
3: I reckon he and Gov roaming up the ground, pushing up the ground, and giving Harry that space... He's our... Because Garvin, he didn't do it today. And, yeah, no structure and everything. And I, I'm a, a fan of Mitch McGovern. And whilst we didn't help him, even when he did get his hands on it, it was just, it was just a filthy
2: performance today. And that's, you know...
0: He did finish well, fortunately his, for his last quarter was good. I mean, yeah, where, where, um, he got,
2: where he got got the he ball, just, he oh, played on quick and the ball got touched as he tried to bang it inside 50. That was one of my biggest laments of the game because I just would have loved to have seen how that foray would have come out because we, we know how good of a kick of the football he is and to be able to see him really asking questions deep inside 50 on a fast-moving ball, I would have just loved to have seen how that looked. Um because this season's been a bit of a write-off for Mitch, you know, not, not a lot has gone right for him. But as we said, you know, in the cool light of day, when you look at the talent that he's got and the matchup um, that he creates for the opposition, he could terrorize opposition. All things going well, um, and it just hasn't been that way this
0: year. So, absolutely. Question, just quickly before we we go into the broader, going um, kind to of chat about the midfield uh, with regard to Charlie. Do you, do you two not think that he would be more of a... And this is going to sound really weird. This is like the more professional aspect of the game. I reckon he would win a shitload of free kicks playing closer to goal. I reckon it's almost a really cynical, professional way of approaching things, particularly as his knee, we don't know how that is and how he's going to come back in the immediate term. If you put him in the goal square, I'm thinking that the uh, Bulldogs game last year, he makes defenders panic. And if they're isolated, he makes defenders shit their pants.
2: I think you're absolutely right, but then watching Harry Mackay today, I don't know that the same doesn't go with him as Is well. Is Harry a better lead? And,
0: Is Harry a better mark on the lead?
2: Uh, I think they're both pretty good marks on the lead. To be absolutely honest, I mean they've both got great hands. Um, Kerno's probably better in the air. Um, and I would say Kurnow's probably a better shot from 50 metres out, 40 to 50 metres out, whereas Harry, as a general rule, seems to do some of his best work inside 30. See, so, I like this. Oh, we're
0: we're at like diametrically opposed. I just reckon Harry's the classic centre-half forward. Get out on his bike to the wing and then Charlie's the next kick or Gov's the next kick.
2: I, I think they're both versatile enough that they give you both. What about you, Fab? Big, um, yeah, I'm Charlie and Gov up on the
3: ball. Just the way weird. they're just versatility, weird, The way, especially Gov. The Gov uses the ball. Gov uses the ball arguably be better than anyone in the side if he gets it. Um, I, just
0: reckon Ch- I just reckon Harry's got the best hands comfortably. Which means you also
3: need to market inside 50 to have that set shot. So no, you do,
0: but to actually get the. the... I'd,
3: I'd like to have this fucking
0: problem. <laughs> well, that is true. Um, <laughs> we'll speak about midfield mix now. Uh, we'll get on to that. Um, we were talking about it very briefly off pod. I'm happy to throw the new ball to you on this one, Faber Um Do we respond quickly enough when the ball, so to speak, literally, uh, isn't going our way? Do you think we pull enough levers? I, I say that because. When Gibbons goes up on the ball, he finds it. When Cunners goes up on the ball, he finds it and looks dangerous. Yet we seem to persist with the same names.
3: Yes. I, I or Yes, I, I, I agree that I don't think we do pull the levers in time. And I've said this on numerous occasions. I don't know if it's a sense of... Look, you've got to have an element of you, you, you plan for something and you've got to allow it to work. And it may not work once, twice, or don't you don't throw everything out. You've, you've planned for something, let it work. But then there comes a tipping point where things need to change. Now, Teague and Co are probably a little bit slow to respond, but I also reckon, and I've said this, I don't know, I'm getting tired of saying it, the mechanism in which to be able to flick those changes is gone with the runners, without the runners. And I don't think we have that leadership internally where people, we're not making calls on personnel changes on the fly in a quarter. We're just not. We're not. I agree. Um, and, that's, and that's, and that's, it's hard because we're, we're then, we become easy to match up on.
0: I do agree totally. Um, we'll sort of change gears to you, Timbo. Um, do you believe, with that in mind, do you believe that our coaches' box are prepared enough to give more responsibility to the likes of a Samo, to the likes of a Lockie O'Brien? Today was, you know, playing obviously outside halfback sort of thing. Um, Sam Walsh more recently, Setterfield's got a little bit more. But do you Dow when he was in the team, Kennedy when he's played in the team? Do you feel as though they're prepared enough to actually go? You know what? Here's a couple centre bounces. Go and win us the ball.
2: I think for a long time, typically no. Um, I mean, I still hark back to one of our best performances last season was when they put Jack Silvani on Nat Fife and let him play inside midfield and he won a few um, contests in there himself. And you sit there and you go, as a general rule, if you're playing AFL football, you've probably played midfield in your junior days at some point in time. You know, you, you have that... String to your bow. You may not be a clearance monster like um, Paddy Cripps, but you can find the footy. You can wax with a teammate. You can get it clear. And I just think giving a different look at, at, at the odd time just has to be a has to be a necessity. And if it's if it's part of the growth of a Lockie O'Brien or someone like that to be able to give him the responsibility inside fifty, uh, inside clearance. And, and O'Brien might not be the right example. Maybe it is more SPS maybe it is more Fisher, maybe it is more Kennedy when he plays um, because they're the guys that probably have just got a little bit more in their um, footy acumen, so to speak. I mean, Dow definitely when he's playing has to spend more time in there because it's what he does best is break away from clearance. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I think the spread and the variety of looks when we lack depth through our midfield in general, we've got to be developing those kids on the fly as much as anything. And find out whether they can do it because find out if they can't, then, then you've got to be able to bring in somebody that can and you've got to be looking from your list balance perspective, just saying we're over invested in some area and we've got to be able to bring people that can do a task better than what we've got. And that's how we improve as a list.
0: And that comes down to the next point we're going to talk about. Very well said, Timbo. Um, fab, give me your full attention. You just turned back to what are you looking at there?
3: I was, I'm looking at the mailbox, sure.
0: Oh, there you go. Um, I'm picking my picking the way through it now, selecting our questions. You've been big on, and you've spoken a lot about. We touched on it just before depth, particularly in the midfield, is an yeah. enormous talking point. I throw the microphone and the floor over to you to give us your thoughts on that because um, they have impressed me yeah. in the past. We'll see if they can impress me here.
3: <laughs> no, it's one of those things we spoke about a preseason, and it's what it's no fault of anyone other than circumstance is that we're shallow through the midfield now whilst we we're going on this journey of rebuilding we have failed and it, you know it's i'm not overly disappointed that we've failed you know because I don't think it's the be all and end all but we have failed to land those free agents which will enable us to put those put those bigger bodies Skillful. But look look at Brisbane. Lockie Neal unlocks so much for them. And 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 a lot of people go, one player doesn't make a footy team. It fucking makes a huge difference. Now, I'm not saying Dylan Shield or Stephen Cornelio would have been the answer. However, and obviously Stephen Cornelio has had his issues this year, but we are shallow. And then when things aren't working, like today, God forbid Sam Walsh actually acts like a second-year player and doesn't dominate. we've got no other options. There's there's not that number of personnel running through there, giving you those, you know, that midfield dominance. We we basically get overpowered in the middle, and have been getting overpowered in the middle all year. All year. So, it's something we need to address. Now, I'm not saying we necessarily need to go out and get, do the Mick Moldhouse and get three 25 year olds, or draft Blaine Bocos or something like that, but it's, you know, we need at least one mature
2: B plus to A grade midfielder urgently.
0: Do you agree, Timbo? Do you concur?
2: Oh, look, I think it's something that we've been active in trying to do. You know, As you say, the last three trade periods, we've pushed hard to bring in Josh Kelly, um, Stephen Cornelio, and um, who was the other? Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield. And and we've thrown the Godfather offer at the three of them, and we haven't landed them. We got Cedarfield, um in the same season that we went hard for Hopper as well. So again, geez, we love a GWS midfielder. Um, at the same time, we I mean we've obviously drafted Walsh on the journey. We brought in Jack Nunes for nothing at the end of last season as a free agent because he adds a rotation through our midfield. Granted, he's more wing utility. Yeah, I was going to say, he's
3: outs- outside midfield. more. But, it, more but his limited. rotation
2: and his run yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And and so you, you go, okay, that's a tick. We brought in Jack Martin where we've only had to pay him. We haven't given up anything to be able to get him. But again, does he get enough run through the midfield? Possibly not is the fact that he hasn't played midfield, being a product of Jack Silvani not being in our forward six as often as we, he may have otherwise been, probably. Um, we've brought in Michael Gibbons, and we've always said it, a two-time Liston Trophy winner as a midfielder. Um, he played a little bit more through the midfield today, looked really good. When he was in there, Timbo, we got movement. We, got we did, movement. we did. And 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 that's exactly as you've been saying, as it's changed the look. So while we've been looking for the star and the a a grade, a B+. Plus. We're bolting on guys that can play. We've seen games this season where Cunningham's had 20 possessions. He really impacted later in the game today and when he had the opportunity to be a part of it, he looked fantastic. As we've said, we want to see Petrensky seat inside and around the footy. <coughs> You've got Dow as an opportunity. We've got Kemp on the sidelines who we haven't seen yet. Um, and even Newman pushing up onto a wing. He doesn't play inside, but that's an opportunity. Um, so we, we've been adding pieces to the puzzle, but I still think that we need more. And look, we, we're, a superstar. we're
3: a superstar away from having a, a decent midfield. Penny Chris Ed... needs a, a genuine partner to play off. And Ed, for all of Ed's dogged determination, everything, he isn't, he's not the answer. Like, no. yeah, I'm not saying drop Ed or Ed's at the side, he's not in the 22 or what have you. Paddy Cripps needs another genuine A-grade midfielder.
0: What uh, what Ed Curnow oh. is actually is a litmus test for when he's squeezed out, that's good. That's, yeah. a, that's a really good sign. When he's squeezed out of the team, whether it be for effort, application, all that stuff, that's a positive. That means that we have moved beyond. Just quickly, Fab, whenever Timbo's forearms in, in the um, frame, does anyone else hear... Dun, 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 dun,
2: <laughs> what, what is that noise? That's from
0: Teen Wolf when he's about to turn into a wolf.
2: Ah, uh, right, yes, yes. You know, when he's at That's, the sink,
0: he's at the sink and he's like washing his face.
2: Come on, Styles, keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, just touching on Ed, I, I, I think, you know, people will come for us if we're talking about another favourite son and, and, and potentially him one day and be being out of this side. The bottom line with Ed Kerno, and we all love Ed, is Ed isn't getting better. Ed, Ed, Ed does a role. He's reliable. He works really hard, but he's at his ceiling. Ed's not getting better. He's uh, a Westinghouse, past, uh,
0: he's a Westinghouse Ed, fridge. You know, he's, he's a reliable. You get the job done.
2: A, he is fantastic, he and he will keep doing that for as long as he's valuable to the team. And as you say, if we, in the next couple of seasons, add that much talent or have that much organic growth that he plays two out of every three games and gets a rest in between and goes back and has 40 in the twos or something like that, that's a good problem to have for our football club. But right now that isn't even an option. And in a long season when he's probably, he's probably a second best runner, maybe behind Sam Walsh. And if he, he could still be our best runner. He is the guy that you're going to continue to rely upon. But um, it does look like this season's gotten too long because the load just hasn't been spread widely enough. I've said this before, Timbo, um, and I'm going to vomit in my own mouth saying it
3: on, on our pot again, but when, Collingwood had the O'Brie, Buckley, Lecuria, and they were the sta- you know the staple of their midfield. When they got pushed out by Beam, Swan, Pendlebury, Collingwood got
0: better. They didn't dream. Right. Like, this is the thing. It's a really good point. They didn't. They they, they dreamt to be better. They thought mm. you know it's not the worst thing in the world. Ed Kerno, outstanding servant of the football club. Whoever else you want to name, Kate Simpson, whoever else, outstanding, outstanding. But at mm. some point, we have to dream to go well. We can we can do better than this, and that mm. will make us a better team. Um, I think we'll stay because
3: with you. it's a fantasy to think that if everything stays the way it is, and we love all our players, if the twenty two stays at the twenty two it is now, we're a middle of the fucking road team. Exactly That's just right. what we are. Exactly, you
0: have to yeah. be brutal, and we're going to speak about this now. The, the last couple of weeks, and this is what's most disappointing: three of the last four weeks with finals on our racket, we've we've bombed it. We've bombed the chance. We beat Sydney coming from the clouds. We were in every game. We should have probably, in the way the games have panned out, apart from today, admittedly, against a struggling team, had every reason to go 4-0, and at worst go 3-1. and That puts us right in the mix. Um, Faber Ghanoush, we'll stay with you. A little bit of chatter today, and Sam Doherty's obviously injury um, is clearly on the agenda here. Do you think that we managed our players well enough during this frenzy? Of the guys to get a game, uh, of the guys to get a rest, I should say, Eddie Betts had a rest. Gibbons had a rest. Samo had a rest. Everyone else played all the way through them.
3: Yeah. No, I, I would have liked to have seen a heavier... Basically, you just said there's four games in 14 days and you can only play three. That's it. Everybody can only play three and then you pick your selection from that. Um, I, I, I think we've looked cooked, especially the last... Two weeks. I, I just our, our effort and application has just been—it's been down. It's been hor- horribly down. And whilst I reckon there's an element of attitude towards it, I also think we're just—we're just, we're just literally—we're gassed. There's and a way I, to... I, I, I point to people like Levi. Levi—he is what he is, but his effort has always been there. He's just been—he's
0: on fumes at the moment. Yeah, he's um, running yeah, it on empty. A, a it? guy like Paddy Cripps is a great example. You, you understand that resting the captain is fraught with danger, and particularly when he's a player as influential as Paddy Cripps can be, Timbo, but but he is limping to the finish line with all manner of different issues, um, and, and no one will be better for the summer off than Paddy Cripps, but if you are going to play him, we saw glimpses of it against Sydney, and then today, put him forward.
2: Oh, look, we, without a doubt, you you need to... I think the, the stat last week was saying he spends 9% of his time forward, and I think the last two weeks they've they've um, been prepared to push him up there a little bit more often. Um, again, we've always talked about he probably doesn't get looked after by the umpires as much as he should because I reckon, you know, opposition players do panic when they're on him and, and he, he doesn't get the reward that he needs. Um, but for, for the paddy crips of the world, if you're not going to give him a break, like a game break, you've got to give him breaks in-game. And yeah, you can't just shift him
3: forward, Timbo, and have this forward structure we've got where we've got six blokes, six to seven blokes in there, and the opposition have got their six to seven defenders in there. He just becomes another bloke in the crowd.
2: And, and you just run and all that you sort of stuff. As, as you say, you you you've got to create the space to be able to make it more when like he's a one, resting, one
3: When he's resting, he you replace Paddy Cripps with two midfields. So two blokes go up and do Cripps' job because that's how heroic he is around the ball. And you almost create that space forward. But just swapping him and Gibbons around doesn't actually
2: solve anything. No, look, Cripps needed a week off. It, it was it was glaringly obvious. He needed a week. All you needed to do was you had to stage manage and go, right, in these four weeks, I'm going to give Cripps a break, Murphy a break, Kurnow a break, and let's say Doherty a break or whoever it ends up being. Not that Doherty's playing a lot in the midfield, but just as an example because they're your leaders as well. And so you go, you get week one, you get week two, you get week three, you get week four. And you just take the magnet off the board and you go, what does the team look like? And and even if it's a one for one, you know, if it means for four weeks Paddy Dow plays midfield in that block because he's replacing one bloke the whole way through and not much else changes, fine. If you're going to take end. one bloke out of your forward rotation as well in, in each of the weeks and say, Josh, honey, you get a game. And backline, same sort of thing. Lockie O'Brien, you get a game, and and you, you guarantee four games for each of those kids in the relative positions. Or if it's two lots of two, and or, oh, sorry, three lots of two, and there's six kids that get an opportunity while you're doing it, I think that we we end up looking better as a team come round seventeen than what we did today,
0: and we end up learning. Some valuable lessons we end up learning. Stuff worth learning about giving totally. those guys, you know, a, a stronger or a more committed go in the position in which we've drafted them. Um, yeah, no, I agree completely. Uh, whilst we wait, we just lost Faber-Ganouche briefly. Um, you know, Doherty, Clearly, there was some chatter during the week about his calf, and when he eventually does end up leaving the game with a calf injury, that's that's sort of that's inexcusable really, you know, when, when the guy's been flagged for having the injury that he ultimately leaves the game with, you go, that's a player problem coaching fitness staff. Somebody involved in that had to put their hand up and go, not worth the risk, Doc, you're sitting it out. Whether that's him himself, coach, fitness guys, nah, look, we're not comfortable with where you are. Um, we're going to sit you out, give you a couple of days off, um, and then you should be right for Brisbane.
2: And, and look, it's, it's funny that we as a group – With us dissecting the game, we're saying we're disappointed with our players' complacency today. To turn around and say, um, if you're not quite right, we'll roll the dice and say you have this week off because we're only playing Adelaide, possibly talks to the complacency as well. However, it also says we're going to go into this game 100% we're not going to carry somebody and go, we think you'll get through because you're only playing Adelaide because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't from both fronts. I think you just make the call and you're going, we're going to respect the 40-odd players on our playing list and saying we're good enough to be able to get the job done in your absence, whether you potentially could have gotten through or not. Just be conservative, give the extra week, see what happens with it because ultimately we lost the game anyway. So you may as well have said, get a game into Paddy Dow and just see what happens.
0: And they've obviously rested um, Talia, Walker. Yep. You sit there going, well, geez, they're, they're big outs. You know, guys yep. come towards the end of their career, absolutely, but Jesus Christ, probably better than the alternatives that they've got coming in. Um, we're just waiting for Faber to join us. He's just dropped out. It might be the internet out his way. Um, no, I
2: reckon, I reckon he uh, ran out of power. He, my, said he, was uh, in. he said he was charged in. He said
0: he was uh, all hooked up.
2: He uh, said he was knows. on the charger. <laughs>
0: um With regard to coaching, the other thing I really, really want to touch on, and it's a bit of a hot button topic at the moment, um, attitude. The coach is wholly and solely responsible for the performance of the football program. Um, Sometimes we spoke about it last week. Sometimes that is unfair given a performance or the like. Sometimes um, it's it's has to be on them wholly and solely. Like a Don Pike, you know, it obviously presided over a very toxic coaching environment which led to the deterioration of that football club I'm not saying teggy's doing that i'm just using it as an example of sometimes you get the, the the bullet when you deserve it and sometimes you don't but with our attitude at the moment you know the coach he is in charge of more than just moving the magnets around and sitting at the at selection and the like he's responsible for the attitude of and the mentality of his group he's that that is his his remit You know, you don't see an Alex Ferguson back in the day and the like, or uh, you don't see him setting up cones during a training drill. That's not his job. The job of the head coach is, not wholly and solely, but largely to instill a winning mentality and a winning attitude in his group. And it's something that we really struggle with. Yes, it's on the players, Timbo, partly, but it has to be on the coaching and the coaching group to identify why is this happening
2: well, you, you orchestrate where your team oh, is at. Oh, he's you, back. <laughs> but you, you, he he has the ability midweek to see what's the vibe. How's everyone looking? How, how's everyone feeling? Are they up? Are they not quite right? Um, same, same thing game day as they're warming up and all that sort of stuff. Are they quite on? And, and what is my responsibility at this point? You know, how do I how do I get more out of these guys than what it looks like they're going to give me right now? And, that's, that's an issue and, though, Timbo, isn't and, it? That's and, a problem. And that's part of it. It's, it's not to say that he needs to have a crystal ball because no, sometimes no, no. you can think that everything is absolutely flying and then you go to flick the switch and it gives you nothing. We, we've all been there in, in every level of sport we've ever played, even if it's social sport and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes you just, you're just not having a good day. And if today was just not a good day, It would shit me to tears because I reckon the writing was on the wall the previous week against Sydney. But you've got to find something else to be able to make your team better and your attitude and your application better than what it was today. But
0: if he's picking it up before the game, if he's picking it up in the warm-up, that's too late. If there's that festering self-doubt, that festering lack of confidence in the warm-up and Teague's identifying it then, that's too late. We're just speaking, Fab, about the job of a coach is more than just... Selection and the like—it's—it's it's about breeding an attitude, a winning attitude, a winning mentality, a resilient mentality, and that is something that we clearly struggle with—not just week to week, but quarter to quarter. You sit there and go, yep. you, you can't play." We, someone
3: said it on the uh, on Twitter, and I respond—I jokingly responded with the Jose tweet where we need to start to, and, and this is not—it's not just the players; it's—it's it's a, it's a club thing. We need to start playing like how Jose wants. Spurs to play, which is like a bunch of C bombs, type of thing. And that's and that, and that, in the sense of that application and attitude, you know, type of thing. It's, it's, it's something where I think we're, we're as a club, where we, we fall very short. We fall very short.
0: And most are disappointingly, Fab, it happens now that we're starting to transition into a team that plays games that are worth. More than just four singular points. You know, yeah. the last couple of years we've a four points and it doesn't really matter. It, it, as part of the broader story of the season, it's just one of Carlton's four or five wins. Whereas now we're in the stage this season where we have bombed three or four games that would have us comfortably in the eight. These four points add up to finals qualification now. That's the stakes. It's not just yeah. simply, geez, that's a performance to build on next week. We'll see how we go. It's no, no these are all part of a broader performance across 17 games, 22 games, etc. so when we're failing to measure up to that expectation, when there's something tangible on the line, that's a worry because that's 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 just a lack of winners mentality, a lack of you know a playing group willing and ready and able to go today we got to win this game, none of this bullshit. You know in the in the race before the game, no questions about winning or losing, we win today boys. We get it done, we kill them, we kill them early. You know, professional performance. Get it, get it done.
3: Do we spark them if we're there? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, and everyone, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of Victorian sides are playing without big crowds or, or, or biased crowds or, or home crowd or what have you. But if that game's at Etihad, do the natives start to just, uh, we're three goals down and are we the ones who spark
0: oh, it? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes we can be a really awful crowd. Sometimes at Eddie at particularly in recent times we've been a, like a bad crowd when things we start doing the you know the idea of the Bronx cheer yeah we we can be we can be a weight on the shoulders we can be an albatross you know around the how necks. do you reckon how do you reckon Mitch
2: McGovern would have gone in the last few weeks with the oh. Carlton crowd
0: oh terribly terribly yeah. and uh, yeah no I, I get what you're saying when things are going well the crowd can be such a a, a propulsive you know uh, element but. Yeah, we can be shockers in the stands.
2: Hey, hey Fab, are you okay? You don't look like
3: you're. Uh,
0: He's under the desk. He's George Costanza. I'm under, I'm
3: under the desk. I'm under the desk because I'm, I'm plugged into the wall,
2: mate. Oh, <laughs> I thought you might have been having a heart
3: can attack I, or something like that. <laughs> can I? I and I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna preface my my next question slash comment by saying I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm just. Oh. It's, it's a thought that's popped into my head now.
0: I like it. I like it already.
3: We've lauded the appointment and the recruit.
0: Oh, hold on! Russell. Yeah, we're going to get to him. Bear, wait. Oh, actually, no, no, we can we can segue. I had him at the bottom of this list. Let's go.
3: So we've lauded the the, the recruitment, or you know, the the, the prising of Andrew Russell away from Hawthorne, and this fourteen day stretch should have been his masterpiece. Has he?
0: Should have yeah, been I'm his not, ninth not, symphony. Instead it was baby everything. Shark. I'm not
3: laying the blame at T for everything, I'm not laying the blame at the place for everything. Has he performed or been as influential as he should have been in this fortnightly period?
0: Very difficult to say from the outside. We touched on obviously guys yeah, right. you know who, who <laughs> it's, it's a thought it's a
3: thought that popped into my head. <laughs> Look, this we is, this is where someone you employ someone like an Andrew Russell to go, we've got four games in fourteen days. And when did he know that he had that?
0: Well, I don't think it matters, does it? If you sit well, there and go, I, you're... I, I, if you sit there I, I and go, it doesn't... He, the fact no, is, when I, he finds out, doesn't matter in terms of isolating a Crips and going, Crips, mate, you are a broken-down racehorse at the moment. You're not playing all four.
3: You, you are the sacred captain,
2: quite literally. At yeah, time. he is the <laughs>
0: sacred captain at the moment. Absolutely, Look,
2: yes. I, I guess my point is, you would prepare pre-season your stock of players on the basis of what you know you've got coming and you weren't in October November December last year you, you couldn't know you were going to be dealing with what you were dealing with here and the fact that they can't train during the break in between games because you' you know it, it's the full focus is on um, recovery I I think and I'm not trying to defend him but well no I am trying to defend him it but sounds I'm very
0: much like I'm, you're trying to defend him
2: yeah, no, my, my point is he doesn't have the time to be able to do anything different to what he's done already. And, and I think when you look at it, you still say we're a young group of players that are still going to be a little bit exposed on a long season without COVID with seven, six- and seven-day rests between games, the moment you introduce fours and fives, I can't help but think that there are certain lists that are going to really, really battle, and it's going to be Carlton, and it's going to be St Kilda, and it's going to be Gold Coast um, amongst... Uh, uh, they're the, And Freo probably, as well, are the, the same sort of players that the length of season might get a hold of you because of this circumstance, whereas your Geelongs and your Collingwoods and your West Coasts are probably the team that are going to um, navigate that a little bit better.
0: I, I just think that I think it's a, a point well worth making and asking is that... he's it's a, a terrific question. He's it's a, a terrific very, question. very high-profile acquisition. We spoke about huh. a couple of weeks Thanks. ago Thanks, about the reality that I think his tenure at the football club is tied to Charlie Curnow. Yep. Um, however unfair that may be, but I just think his ability or otherwise to get Curnow back up and running and playing football is an enormous part of his future at the club. I do think we have struggled through this period. It is unprecedented. It is not the way you will play football, hopefully, in 2021. So in terms of training in groups, being out of, you know, um, and this is from a David Teague point of view as well, uh, which was we spoke about it with several of our uh, followers on Twitter this week in a a great chat. Teague hasn't been able to coach and, and train the team he wants. Russell, the same. Every other team's in the same boat, though. I was going to yes. say. So we we are obviously coming from a bit further back and a bit um, aren't quite as far along as teams we're perhaps benchmarking ourselves against. But the Saints are in the same boat with their coaching group and the like. As us, they're having a bit better season. So the the question is warranted. It's valid that we ask these high-profile acquisitions who have been brought in to give us a competitive advantage. Are they doing it? Fab, an enormous part of that, and we've sp- spoken about it um, off pod even with regard to something like this COVID thing, is – how important mindset is during a time like this. It isn't physical fitness, but your actual mindset to tackle a period like this footy frenzy is so important. And have we got that mindset right?
3: It's hard to tell from the outside, but it's it's definitely something that it looks like we, we may not have. Um, and we may not know as a club how to tackle it. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's something... I'm not a an expert. Timbo, obviously being the the great doctor that he is, probably knows more in this space than I do. than um, you know, especially like today, you know, I, I call for the, you know, a bit of the the aggression and the anger type of thing to kind of get us, you know, that energy, that spark that we need. But you, you know, if you do that, are you kind of you're burning yourself out if you're kind of doing that a bit too much? as well. I think um, you need confidence. It's how, the classic... how you deal with it, how you deal with it mentally, because you can't just, and this is the thing, and it's great, and we love to segue on this pod, but, you know, watching the Jose Mourinho documentary, the inside that you're getting on that all or nothing Spurs thing is, is phenomenal. But you just see why Jose's got three years, because you cannot demand that from your team. You can't demand balls to the wall 24-7 all the time.
0: And importantly, in what Jose gets when he when Jose when Jose succeeds, and it's about the playing mix, um, listening to his his addresses pregame, you know, um, halftime, and postgame, and, and during the week, certain players. If he gets you, if he speaks to you, if he actually latches you, that's when he's at his best. When he has a dressing room that completely buys in, it's the same thing with Teague. Not saying that people aren't buying in. Same thing as Russell. Not saying they aren't. But when you get complete buy-in. That's what creates or fosters a, a, a mentality of lads. It's Tottenham, lads, yeah. lads. It's, it's it lads. It's Adelaide, and yeah. not being disrespectful, not being cocky, but we're going to go out, we're going to do what we trained, and we're going to take care of business. And there's a confidence, there's an unyielding confidence, an incorruptible confidence that today we just win because we're better than them, and that's why we win. So. Um, I think the other point to talk about briefly is just the assistant coaching. You know, we've spoken a little bit about the broader coaching group and this is certainly something that's going to come under um, very thorough review. I use that term again. Uh, I asked the question. I asked it last week. I'll ask it again. Do you think there will be a clean-out of our coaching group at the end of 2020? Yes. Fabian, you were very lukewarm last week. I
3: don't... Like I said, I'll say it again. I don't know. As long as the review process is done... Thoroughly, then who needs to be replaced will be replaced.
0: Would you like there to be? <sighs> I
3: hate. I'm not a Splinters type setup. I'm not a.
0: I'm feeling like you're going I'm, to be plucking some from between your butt cheeks. I shortly. don't like to sit
3: on. I just. I can't pass judgment on people. I, I. I can't tell you how people are performing behind closed doors.
0: Cameron Bruce, our forwards coach.
3: I think there's more to it than just the forward structure. I think it's, it's a collective.
0: We're moving on because you're giving me nothing. You're being splinters. You are. You're being splinters. You haven't. Did each sure, way. That's,
3: that's, that's the harsh fucking reality, mate. I'm sorry, but it's just... I think we've waited before, long the enough. The forward structure isn't working, but neither is the midfield. It's a combination we're of... We're going to get on to
0: that. We were going to touch on the midfield mix. So
3: I'm not going to say Cameron Bruce is the issue. If the midfield mix and delivery and... How it's working starts to fix up. Maybe Cameron Bruce gets that fall line to fire, or maybe it is Cameron. I don't know. I can't. It's just
0: all right, Splinter. I'm not short of an opinion, but right now I am. The Turtles needs mentoring, Splinter. Go back and help them out. Um, (laughs) Look, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't want to labour the point because Fab he does make a good point, but at the same time, I think that there's an argument that can be made that. Some fresh voices, some new perspectives never go yeah. 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 Um, cool. and, and it's absolutely worth discussing or investigating uh, whether they can be gotten. Um, we're gonna...
2: We do look like, Sean, we look like we're lacking flexibility and we look like we need new ideas. Yeah. That, that that to me is, is, is the underlying issue. So as you say, it is still possible that the five key blokes underneath David Teague might be the best five assistant coaches in the competition. I highly doubt it but it is a possibility because we don't, know, we don't know the individuals well enough. We don't see the obvious performance because of those five individuals. But as a collective, it looks like there needs to be some new blood and new ideas, and I would welcome that. And whoever makes way, whoever comes in, I, I'm, fas- I'm fascinated to see us trying to get better.
0: This is an awful, awful um, example to make. But you know, like when you go see a movie... And you go, like, the movie was mostly good, but oh, why didn't they do this? Well, we haven't sat there and written and made the entire film. We're nitpicking one moment in that movie and saying, well, if you did it differently, it would be better. In the same way that there would be coaches outside the walls of Carlton going, geez, you're doing so much right. You are doing so much right, but why don't you do this? Or, geez, this is a lot of what you're doing is really, really good. However, this guy, I don't know why you're doing this with him. It'd be
3: great to have an insight of what. Like you know, a senior assistant another club would think about our. Yeah, club.
0: that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be interesting. Imagine we had that kind of. Imagine having that access at like our disposal.
3: Senior Assistant AFL coach, but um, do we know anyone who?
0: Do we know anyone who knows a senior assistant in an AFL club?
3: He's on the
2: Gold Coast. <laughs> you don't
3: have his phone number. It's Not, not nineteen twelve, Tim. But you don't have to write him a letter, mate. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, speaking I, I, of, I have discussed him being on pod on occasions. Well, and we've I spoken still, about it, this; it, it will happen one well,
0: day. Well, we've spoken about this, and we need to be careful that because, like, whilst his insight would be very interesting, he doesn't work for the football club, so it's a bit strange that we turn into something else. But you mentioned letters, Fabian, and that doesn't leads work us for to our football club. Even, no, yeah. no, that that leads us to this. Listen in, Fab. Listen in.
2: You've got me up.
0: Yes. yes that means it's we, the mailbox Sean,
3: Sean Sean shelled out you know a, a nice bit of coin to buy this nice sound mixer what a, it's got all these buttons and he's finally put them to good use I'm loving it
0: the problem we've got is that this works brilliantly we can do like really good like live shows but we all have to be together going through the mixer onto the podbean app would make it a lot better did you want to hear the mailbox sting again do it You've got mail. <laughs> That's Postman Pat, whistling the Postman Pat thing. Um, so we're onto the mailbox now. Uh, we've got a couple to lead us off with. We'll go through them. Fab, you're first up. Nathan White uh, has gotten in touch. Thank you very much. Can you please discuss whether we have been conned into thinking Teague is a good coach? Too many times this season we get jumped, he doesn't move players through the midfield when it's not working, and he's stubborn with selection. We've sort of covered a few of those points off, but just to tie a neat bow on them.
3: I mm. wouldn't uh, say we've so been conned, um, I think he's. If you look at his resume as a whole, or his or his first twenty five ish games, you would say that he is performing as expected. There are times where I think he needs to improve. I don't think we're conned.
0: I think I think. Um, do you think the bar's low? Do you think our bars low? I'm not saying that we're being unrealistic. I think as you, a supporter base, we're lifting that bar, Sean. Yeah, but do you and think, I generally think- speaking, people go, "Well, he's fifty 50 and you go, "Well, like that's better than what it was." But what it was was horrible. What it was was
3: absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm prepared to say this season it's it's difficult to judge, given, as as we've discussed, given the nature of the season. But no, I don't think we've been conned.
0: Okay. Uh, Evan Butterworth-Timbo has got a question for us, and I'm going to direct it your way. Looking at the season as a whole, are we better placed to take the next step, showing we can play one or two quarters of very good footy as opposed to playing four quarters of okay footy? It's a bit of a... That's an an interesting philosophical one, isn't it? Because our best is very, very good. Very good.
2: Look, I think we proved last season that we showed improvement, but then we would put in a couple of steaming dog-turd performances. Now, today wasn't great. Um, our first half last week wasn't great. And again, I, I think it's the product of a very peculiar season. Um, and there's no doubt that Adelaide are finishing to the... the Again, running to the finish line far, far better than they were earlier in the year. So you've got to take everything um, with a little bit of a grain of salt throughout it. I think we are an infinitely better team I think culturally we're stronger I I think the organic growth with some players along the way I I think we're better we're playing a better style we're in games for longer there hasn't been too many games where we've walked away and said we were no chance of winning that at all so I think we are a far better team than what we were um, but I still think the intangibles required to be a team that's going to finish top four win finals and contend for a premiership, we've still got a lot of work to be able to get to there.
0: Absolutely. I think it's interesting. I've just happened across this as you were providing a very good answer, Timbo, that without wanting to cut our boys any slack. We haven't we haven't sought to do that for the, the time we've been recording this episode. Could there also be an element of Adelaide have actually played a fair bit of footy at home this year, slept in their own beds, haven't been exposed to the amount of travel everyone else has been. There's been a level of comfort they've been exposed to or been um, afforded, sorry, that, that we haven't, other teams haven't. And it really does show every so often you see it. You see, you go, yeah, you just look fresher. You look a bit more, we looked a bit jaded. And not making an excuse for that. weeks off, Sean. But not making an excuse for that. Like not making any excuse for our performance today. But... Um, you sort of think about it, Yeah, it does look a little bit like one of these teams has been on the road for you know, a couple of months. So, um,
2: and, and Port Adelaide sits atop the true. premiership ladder at the moment, and Very that's true. not denigrating Port's performance because they've played really good footy. They've only lost three games and, you know, uh, I mean, maybe if we'd done a couple of different things, it might have been four, but... Um, but um, The proof of the pudding that is Port Adelaide is, is is you're going to see in the final series. But they've certainly put together a terrific season to date. They need to prove that they've got fifth gear to be able to perform when it counts. But out of the COVID situation, they have absolutely benefited, possibly more than anybody. Well, probably Gold Coast is probably Gold Coast and Brisbane are the two best placed because of it. Timbo, I built some. I built some sound bites. You point know, I, d- point made. I didn't point build. Made. I didn't build
0: an excess Never Tear Us Apart" clip in there for the power podcast.
3: know <laughs> when Timbo starts talking about his power, his power I was trying not to. That's why we haven't. That's
0: why we haven't mentioned the Bloods. Um, we've got one for you here, uh, Ghanoush, uh Hus Abushi. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, what will it take to play Walsh and Cunningham in the centre square next week? Perhaps even SPS and Gibbons. We can't keep persisting with this slow structure. We, we once again, it's something that we can put a bit of a bowl yep. on that we spoke about earlier, and it's it's a really good question. Mix up, mix it up.
3: Oh, I think the last fortnight was the chance to mix it up. Uh, if we mix it up next week against uh, that Brisbane Lions midfield, we may lose by 100 points. So I don't think that's the note we want to end on. I don't think that's the note David Teague wants to carry into next season. So I don't see it being that drastic.
0: Do you think there's a place, though, having said that, do you think that there's a place for... And look, what given that we're now playing for nothing, for pride, you know the points that we're going to get aren't going to do us any the good MGA exactly. <laughs> <It's> The <laughs> MGA Cup. Exactly. It's the MGA Cup. But do you think, as a shout-out to Pete Molinas, loyal listener, despite the fact he follows a team that went to funk 25 years ago, um, I think that it's worth asking the question, if David Teague was to come out and say, look, this week um, we're given tunners... Uh, SPS um, you know Dow's not in the team but if he was there he was there whoever is in the team currently or selected to be in the 22 and is notionally a midfielder we're going to give him a really good look at at on ball and what happens happens I would as a fan if he came out and said we use this opportunity to expose our younger brigade of midfielders to one of the sternest tests in the competition and you know what we're willing to wear the result I would respect
3: that you're also the fan who at quarter time when you're down 40 to Two behinds are going to be saying, "What's going on?" Not it's, if, um, yeah, but
0: not if the not if the the reason, such as it would be is obvious that we're actually you know what and say it before the game make it make it abundantly clear. This week is all about giving these guys a look. We're really interested, really keen to see how they go. We're backing them in, uh, we're giving them a look. Oh.
2: Look, nothing, nothing to lose. Thank There's you.
0: nothing to lose. Thank I, you, Timbo. All well, fucking mates yeah, splinter I here. I don't think it will happen, but. Yeah, you I talk a away. big game, Fab. You talk a big game about being. Controversial. Yeah, just,
3: I look, I don't think David Teague's going to risk getting belted on the last game of the season against Brisbane just to play a whole bunch of kids everywhere. It's, he hasn't done it. Why would he? All of a sudden, in the um, what in the we were, last round of the season, he hasn't done it all year. Why would he go were, away we're, from it now for one
0: Because what we were playing for hasn't materialized. So
3: I, I understand that, but you know, if there was, if we were out of contention with it. Four weeks to play, then potentially. What
0: potentially does it matter smash. if it's one week to play?
3: Because I said I think we would want to try and end the, note, end the season on a, a decent note and not potentially get smashed. Okay. And, not throw, and not throw caution to the wind and change the mix-up to a point where it's completely new and potentially could have a devastating outcome.
0: But that's where where you need mature coaching, though. You just sit there and go, if you end up getting smashed, you can put an arm around whoever it might be. Zach Fisher probably won't play next week with his shoulder. Just a special shout-out to Fish for battling through that for most of the game today. He was was clearly, you know, by no means was he excellent, but he was clearly hobbled and he went out and toughed it out. So special shout-out to him. He won't be there, so someone will come in for him. You put your arm around someone who comes in, they might not play well or they'll get smashed, and you go, that's the level we need to get to. They're a top-two team. This is the learning, you know. That's it. You've just been exposed to it. Um, mm. Now we can think about that for the summer and come back and replicate it. Um, Timbo, we've got Ryan Callum's been in touch. Got a question here. Who wants to be here? Who wants to play footy? How can we attract players to make our side better when the coach can't even get them up to play week to week? Effort is, an, is, is uh, effort is a non-negotiable. You get paid to do a job. Coaching staff and our leaders need to be looked at.
2: Well, I I think the second half of the question we've probably answered across the last two weeks and and, and I think the way forward will be the Brad Lloyd review. Um, Look, I think, again, the fact that we've been competitive all season, I think a couple of the close wins that we've had, the meritorious wins we've had, I think the football world has sat back and taken notice of it. I think the Jack Noon shot after the siren and the the joy and unity that the, the, the players showed, if you were at all thinking... I wonder what it would be like to play for Carlton next season. I think if they've already considered it, they've looked at it and they've seen enough to say that could work. I really do.
0: I like it. Glass half full. Love it. Um, But it is a good question. You know, we need to be able to attract guys that will make us better. Um, We need to be able to, you know, target guys that can come in and hit the ground running Um, or guys that have a – Winning mentality. We spoke about it a couple weeks ago. I'm not fussed whether that guy is 30 years of age or 18. If they're a hard nosed winner, that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. Um, we'll go on now to uh, what are your questions, uh Hickey Jam, friend of the pod, uh, used to hand us um, uh, raspberries at the football. Um, used to come with a bag of lollies and feed us for the day which was good uh what do we need to do to break the horrific ongoing trend of not being able to quote unquote turn up to a game that matters for an extended period of time we've missed the opportunity to win the important games and drop ones that we should be winning it's not a recent thing it's ingrained in the group oh, look I, I think this speaks to a culture doesn't it It speaks to a culture that needs to be addressed
3: as yeah 100 percent. but as we've spoken about in the last fortnight Culture is driven, yes, it's, it's, it, to me, it's driven by the coaching staff. They, they have to set standards and so forth. But that same coaching staff need to empower our on-field leaders to basically be the voice out there, be the rocket. Sometimes, like, you don't want to go in there or something, and we've seen it where we're kind of a little bit overzealous and we, we kind of go in where we kind of we elevate to a certain point where we kind of make errors. Like we're going in hard for the sake of going in hard and it doesn't work the other way. But there's games like today where we were just off and we need someone to kind of get the collective and say, guys, like be a little bit demonstrative on field and say, guys, wake up.
0: Have you seen the Hugo Lloris clip from uh, this week's episodes of the Tottenham doco when he has it out with Son?
3: No. He's the Can you captain anything Hugo says?
0: He's the captain of Tottenham and Son um, basically didn't track back late in the half and they just narrowly escaped conceding a goal. I think they might have been 1-0 up. And Lloris confronts him on the pitch and then they go into the rooms. It is compelling. Lloris is the captain. He's not there to be your mate. But mm. at, in this moment, he is tearing shreds oh. off Son. It's fantastic.
3: That's when it, Phil like, Neville did two step overs in a half of football, yes. what did Roy Kane do?
0: Cut it out.
3: That's it. It's, it's just, it's, uh, you don't see a Luke Hodge accepting that.
0: I think it maintains, a, we, we spoke about it earlier. I don't know if you're trying to re establish connection, but this happens, this happens before the, you know, in the tunnel. This happens during the week. This level of belief is built, you know, um, from the, the camaraderie of the team and the mental strength of the team. Isn't something that, You need to necessarily have it out during the game, like a Larissa and Son. But at the same time, good teams with a look, with a look, do it. Like you said, Roy Keane looks at Roy Neville, uh, Roy Neville, Roy Keane Keane looks at uh, Phil Neville, and it's that fucking stops. And Neville goes, "Yep, doesn't do it." There needs to be like a look and go, "We are not in this game. They have jumped us." Look around the group. They don't get the next
3: one. Do you get the feeling that Cripper Cripper's a lead by example type leader? Do you think because his output's been down, he, he's kind of
0: he's trying to not, make it happen,
3: not willing to be? You know, like you don't want to be the bloke who asks somebody else to do something when you're not doing it yourself. Well, he no, he's of
0: trying to do it.
3: A little bit embarrassed to kind of be asking his team for more when he feels maybe that his own output isn't as good as it normally is. Well,
0: that's an issue because leadership isn't perfect.
2: So, And, and that's also the benefit of having two captains because you should have another guy that can then say exactly the same thing if one bloke is a bit sort of just off-kilter.
0: Great. And then lastly, who's got the last question? Timbo, I think. Um, Ollie Scott's got in touch with us. Surely Mitch McGovern goes to the back line. We don't have an interceptor. He's athletic, quick and a good field kick back line would be perfect for him. He's having absolutely no impact in the forward line. means we don't have to cop a Ploughman dropping sitters either. Um, either that or trade him.
2: Caleb Marchbank is our intercept defender. He hasn't played a game this season. Point is well made, but he's the player that does that. I think, uh, I think we saw in the last quarter further up the ground, the ability to be able to take the pack mark, hit the ground and be able to run. That is what Mitch McGovern has been recruited for. We haven't seen enough. I think he just persists. Next time he plays, he's going to be playing on less coin than what he is at the moment. He'll be playing for Carlton on our terms. Um, I absolutely get the frustration and we all share it, but I think what our mate is looking for will actually be provided just by... The clean slate of a new season.
0: Do you think as well that it's a Mitch is very much a guy that's suffering? We we use the phrase margin for error. Mitch is a guy who's suffering by the fact that our margin for error the last couple of weeks has been almost non-existent after quarter time. So everything, Completely. everything he does, every time he goes near the ball, if he hadn't have kicked the goal in the last quarter, there would have been a mob marching on his on his room.
2: Yep, took a really strong pack mark, which we know is absolutely is one wood. He took that mark, you, know, engaged the body, was able to take the mark out the back, went back and executed. As I said earlier in the pod, he got the ball about 80 out 80, 90 out from goal took the game on and was going to bang it long and hard and low inside 50 and ask a magnificent question. But in doing the low kick, it invited the touch on it. And, and today was a game where there was a lot of touches on the ball by both sides. Oh, Any you know, bet shot early you know, was touched. I think we, we, we saved a little bit of embarrass, embarrassment by getting the, our hands to a couple of their shots in the second half as well. Um, But, yeah, that that was one bit of play I really wanted to see how it was going to play out because I think it would have done a lot for, A, Mitch McGovern's confidence, supporters' confidence and probably his teammates' confidence.
0: Very, very well said. That wraps up the mailbox. Thanks so much to everyone who got in touch. Uh, Apologies to those who we didn't get to, but um, every week the the response is so great we can't possibly answer them all. Um, You know, it's time for now, Fabian. Are you there? I'm here. Are you listening, Fabian? I'm listening, Sean. It's them. time for the newest segment, the MGA Traffic. Big question. <laughs> I couldn't love it more. Do you want to hear it again? Yes. The MGA Traffic. Big question. <laughs> like all I can see is. Brilliant. We've had this bit of technology
3: for, for the entire season. We're only using it now.
0: We're bringing it out late just to get us to the line. So this week's MGA Traffic big question is. Make no mistake, last season, the club was engulfed in a civil war. Behind the scenes, it had played out very publicly in the end. Um, you know, power broker figures were were butting heads and it ended up with the departure of Steven Silvani, um, which was messy, maybe could have been handled better, but it was it was very messy, um, it was a little bit unbecoming and it probably did play out um, more in public than the club would have liked. Given that list manager has now been handed over, given that... Um, uh, Austin? What's his first name? i am just drawn a blank on his name. Nick?
2: Nick Austin. Yes.
0: So he has obviously come in and assumed the role of Stephen Silvani. Now, this isn't... Once again, we need to be clear that... question. Assume the role
3: of list manager.
0: We, we need to be... I need to be clear after last week that question marks aren't statements. It's a question. When you put a question mark at the end of a bunch of words, it is not a statement. Um, do you feel as though our list strategy for the last five years could be compromised by that civil war. All the all the names that are being brought up in the press and, and in dispatches about possible trade bait or delistings or the like, they are all Stephen Silvani men. Matty Kennedy, Mitch McGovern, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton, Paddy Dow, they are all players who he targeted and was quite... Um, vociferous and he's we're targeting this guy for a b and c we're getting him in to do a job they've all been targeted by sauce and now they're all on the outs and the guys who are being mentioned are jack graham to come in it's almost like the same problems are being created again do you feel as though that civil war could be lingering or the effects of it thus compromising the list build of the last couple of years Who's answering
2: that? I'll, I'll, look, I'll answer it.
0: Um, Ab can answer it as well in time. No, no, look, I'm, just, look, I'm
2: just giving him the first hit. No, look, I, I think, I think it. There would be less consternation about draft picks because I think that's a collaborative thing. I, I, I think they they review all the players across the whole season. Um, you don't get to see these players playing at AFL level. So there's still a a projection of what a 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kid looks like over a a two- to three-year period, how it fits with us, the sort of player that they're going to be, and moreover, the sort of player they're going to be when they're 24, not when they're 18 and 19. Because, again, what you see in years one and two are usually just a glimpse, and and you're more likely to see the football that they played as an 18-year-old against peers, in that player when he's a 24 year old against men as well, so I think the draft picks will take care of themselves because sometimes you you pick a player for exactly the right season, the right reason, and they don't come on. I think sometimes when you chase an individual player to play a role because of the strengths that they've shown um, at AFL level and it doesn't work out, or, or your style or your expectations of the way that you want your football played don't work out, then you give the opportunity to somebody who has a slightly different view of the same thing that they may say, yeah, I, I want this sort of player instead of what we've already got or what I think we've got too, too much of. And you've got to back your guys and your system in. And if Nick Austin is the man and he's going to look for something slightly different to what we've got, well, so be it. Um, I think we've all seen Matthew Kennedy's best football, um, but I think what we're wanting to see and trying to have speed through our midfield, I think Matthew Kennedy is a really challenging football type to get as much football in in the system that we've currently got.
0: Do you think we do that, though? It's a good point. Do you think you say, we want to see speed through our midfield, but we don't seem to actually want to play players with speed in the midfield?
2: Well, as you say, that, that is where the synchronicity between recruiting, coaching, Game plan um, and list build—they they just have to be in alignment with one another. And when when this whole group is sitting down and they're reviewing, like th- they may they may still see another ten players come off the list and and new blood come in for whatever reason. Um, but this is the first off season that this group with with new list managers and, and having a recruiting manager taking the overall job and having you know the the, the full control of it. That um, that this is the first time that we get to see it. So there has to be a shift. It's just—is it a—is it a, a ten-degree shift or is it a ninety to one hundred and eighty-degree shift? And and I think that's what's going to be fascinating in this off season.
0: Well, before we get to you, Faber Ganoush, we we have chatted yeah. once or twice in the past, and and very much like we said with regard to the senior coach day, is wholly and solely responsible for the performance of the football program. The list manager has to be backed unequivocally until he is not. You have Sorry. to. You actually act. Have to get right behind the list manager, whoever that man might be. A hundred percent. And the problem last year, we were obviously out of sync with one another. We had sauce wanting certain players, little you know wanting certain players, and that created uh, an imbalance, which did us no good in the end. Um, so Austin comes in. Austin's got the role, and obviously Mick Agrester, I think he's still there in a relatively senior position. How do you follow up Timbo's, I suppose, answer with regard to the effect that those new men having more senior influence will have on our list at the end of this year moving forward?
3: I agree with exactly what you just said in the fact that if if you appoint them, you've got to back them. So they are going to want to put their own stamp and their own, their own plan in place. Now, I don't think, harking back to your original question, the fallout from the civil war so to speak i don't think decisions will be made intentionally to undermine what's been done in the past but i think the guys will be given what they need to do to basically complete the tasks in the manner in which they want to do them so and, you, and we've got to back them in in the direction that they want to go and if that means moving a few you know pieces that sauce wanted to put together on, well, so be it. You can't kind of – you can't be half pregnant. You've got to be one way or the other. So if, if we're backing in Nick, that's his role. We have to trust and put our faith in what he's done. Now, I think Sauce's grunt work will allow us now to have that flexibility as far as a list management point of view to kind of do things like where we take this stockpile of kids – and, we, you know, we don't want to get rid of any of our kids because you kind of adopt them. You know, you, you drop these kids into your club, you kind of adopt them as your own. But if we need to move on a few to bring in a few experienced heads or harder bodies or what have you that meet the criteria that Nick's looking for, then that's the direction we go.
0: And that's the reality, isn't it, that while Sauce might have been building the house with an ensuite in the master bedroom, Nick Austin now inherits the build. He might want a walk-in robe. And that's really he wants
3: the theme his,
0: that's really his prerogative as to what he wants to do. He's inherited the build now, oh, and I don't really like the look of that. We're gonna we're gonna switch the orientation of the house.
3: Or in the case of the Davis household,
2: the rape dungeon. It depends, well, you, know, Jesus. It depends where you go. I didn't think we were using that term No, anymore. we weren't using
0: that term anymore. The builder didn't want to build it if that's what it was going to be called. He said that. He said, it was a rumpus. This is a, this is a downstairs rumpus room, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
3: when they built it, they forgot the heat. That's all I know. They forgot, Jesus. Well, he does heat does rise.
0: Down. Heat rises, and that room must be next to a river <laughs> down in a valley. I didn't realise that your house, Timbo, was built on like a... It's it's
3: (laughs) in the Mullum Mullum Tunnel. tell (laughs) how
1: far down it
0: is. The house, you go up Timbo, very lovely abode, the Davis residence, um, quite near actually to the Donvale University or University of Donvale campus. Um, And you go go in there, lovely, lovely stuff, open sort of living area there, beautiful. And then Timbo takes us downstairs. It it drops, it's like going to Waverley. It drops 15 to 20 degrees once you go down 15 steps extraordinary Yeah. well that was very good thank you very much for that answer Fabian and uh, Timbo very very good um, no other queries thoughts
2: oh look the only thing that I you know I think we talked about two or three weeks ago and we talked about some of the um, the players that have been um, connected to the football club and, and not that I'm looking for a, a comment on any of these guys at the moment but just it, it'll be worthwhile tracking over the next month or so if the talk remains on Tom Papley Zach Williams, Ollie Wines, Cornelio, albeit I, I think that's unlikely. Do you want to De give Garrett us your, Pollock. just for
0: context, uh, Timbo, do you want to give us very briefly your, what you were saying off-pot about Cornelio? Oh,
3: look,
2: just... Just for, con- con- just
0: for context sake, so for people obviously thinking Cornelio.
2: Well, I, I think there was, there's been a couple of newspaper articles in the last couple of days that have noted that he has been dropped as captain of the football club He's on huge money at that football club. They're wanting to re-sign players of the ilk of you know, Jeremy Cameron, Harry Perryman, Zach Williams. And at some point you're going, look, they're, they're, they're over-invested in certain locations. How do they keep this group together? And one of the questions or one of the circumstances that has been tossed up is if you were a club that was into Stephen Canilio. Is there an opportunity to be able to ask the question, given that his performance isn't commensurate with the salary that he signed, do you ask the question and potentially affect a trade that takes part or all of that uh, money out of their salary cap to get the player to us and allow them to be able to move forward with what they've got? And it would be remiss of us to not ask the question. I think the chances of them to lose face one year removed from offering a seven-year contract... I, I just don't think it's something that they could do but he would be the ideal footballer all things being well to add to our team albeit not in the current form that he's in
0: agree agree no that'll be very much a watch this space the list build um, list machinations and and how we approach you know free agency drafting trading and the like that'll uh, I'm sure we'll come together in the aftermath of the season proper to have a chat about that once we wrap up the uh, the year but I think that just about does us does it gentlemen
3: Think so,
0: think so. You there, Fubba Ganoush, can... Yeah, I'm here, mate.
3: I'm here. I'm
0: still here. Yeah, as you still said, you're George Costanza under, under, under the desk. I did answer. Well, thank you very much for your time again tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll be back to review a win next week to close out the season. Certainly not the circumstances or the um, the result we wanted tonight, but uh, it is what it is. We move on and, and hopefully we can close out the year in a more positive note. For me, Sean Peter, much thank you so so much for listening in for the big Fubba Arrivederci,
3: ragazzi.
0: Do check out his chat with uh, Terry on the Blue Abroad channel. Um, put aside your lunch break, or you know, however much time you possibly can. You'll need all of it. <laughs> and for Doctor Davis,
2: uh, always a pleasure, Sean. Um, today tested the resolve, but you know it's done. We have got one week to go, and hopefully, we feel better about our footy this time next week.
0: Totally agree. We'll catch you next week, guys.
2: Be well. Don't lose.
1: She Bond here serving USA (laughs)